Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, May the 31st, 2021. We are continuing our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, sorry, how it works. On page 60, we're reading the third paragraph, being convinced we were at step three, reading through two paragraphs, ending with to have varied traits. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Maura Z, 12 traditions, Dara L, and readers of the text, Marge O, Leon B, and Carmela G. The reference numbers for yesterday, Sunday, May the 30th, special edition, 17043. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maura Z to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, Lynn. Maura Z, Recovering in Virginia, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Maura Z. And Dara L., so, yeah, if you could read the 12 traditions for us, please. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Dara L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works, on page 60, the third paragraph, being convinced we were at step three, reading through two paragraphs, ending with to have varied traits. Carmela G., would you read for us, please? Thank you, Lynn. This is Carmela G., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Being convinced. 
we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. Just what do we mean by that? And just what do we do? The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even our motives, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. Wow. Sums it up. It sums up Carmela G. prior to program in denial. Never, never realizing because I thought I had a higher power. But in reality, I was functioning robotically and I was pushing my higher power that I call God out of the way every day. And I was in charge. I used to call myself Madam Full Charge. Yep, I could tell you how to live your life. Fortunately, I worked these steps and I totally surrendered and I wanted to be under the care. I wanted to receive the care that God was willing. And the fight, because I didn't want to think I was powerless, was over because the reality was once I plugged in, to that power and totally surrendered, that power would direct me and fill me with so much power that I would be able to manage, provided I followed the simple directions that he would guide me with every single day. And every day I plug in And every day I greet him before I get up and thank him for the previous 24 hours because every morning I wake up an addict and every single day 
I need to surrender. And the traits, I was fooled. I had both the mixture of the traits. I thought I was so kind and generous. But yet, the reality was, I was dishonest and manipulating. I wanted things the way I wanted so that I could get what I wanted. And today, my primary purpose is to be of service to God. So I plug in, I ask in those directions, and then service to my fellows. What is it I need to do to be happy, joyous, and free? And he gives me all I need when I ask every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, please step back today and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Irene from New York. This is Larry K. Sarah R. from New York. Irene B. Teresa P. Reggie O. Okay, let me tell you who I heard and we'll see who I missed. I heard Irene B. Sarah R. Larry K. Teresa P. Reggie O. Did I miss anybody? Melissa C. Sorry, Linda. Did you say Katie G? I did now. Thanks, Katie. Thank (laughs) you. Okay. Thank you. I've got our lineup Irene B. Sarah R. Larry K. Teresa P. Reggie O. Melissa C. And Katie G. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B. Very gratefully recovered in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I know that I always say, oh, I love that paragraph. This one is my absolute most favorite paragraph in the entire book. Uh, When I first read it, it didn't mean much to me because I was so disconnected that I didn't recognize it. Um, you know, uh, I didn't understand that running, you know, the, arranging the lights and all of that, it meant control. It meant that I was in charge. <laughs> and Or maybe I did understand that. What I didn't understand is how it applied to me because, you know, I wasn't that at all. Um, I think, I know, we've talked about this recently, that in order to be able to work these steps, it requires honesty, and I think the honesty that it requires the most is being able to call yourself on whatever it is that we are or we behave or we feel or whatever, but what if, for me, let me just say that I was so disconnected from self that I I couldn't see it. It's like you can't do anything about it until you can see it. 
And, uh, but once I saw it, it's like a whole world opened up to me because the most difficult thing to give up, it hasn't been the food. The most difficult thing to give up is control because it's of a second nature. I was put in charge of my household. So I had to always figure it out. If it had to be, I mean, it's, it's on me. And, um, I was a shaker and the maker, um, I made all the decisions. Lord have mercy. I have. I was God, and um, but I wasn't giving any instruction on how to do any of this. And then if I guess wrong, it wasn't good. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good because Lord knows I wanted to be a good little girl and do things right and be perfect. And um, so obviously I failed at being a mom to my siblings, considering that uh, the four of us were born within a five-year period. So it's not like I was 10 years older than the next youngest one. So uh, I feel like I'm rambling and I'm not getting to the point. And the point for me is the recognition that I want to run the show. I think I thought I had God. I I didn't have God. I was my own God, and it took years in this program, actually, for me to realize that that's what I did. And thank you so much. And I still struggle to this day trying to remind myself that I don't run the show. God does. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. Sarah R., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Sarah. Good morning. Are you able to hear me clearly? Yes, thank you. Awesome. Um, good morning, everybody. This is Sarah R. in Brooklyn, New York. Hope you're doing well. So, you know, first thing I was told when I walked into these, Sarah, learn the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer, I, I just want to stop stopping my face. Sarah, learn the serenity prayer, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Fine, whatever they say I'll do. But if you think about it and you, you, you read this, this reading right here, if only, if only my boss would just do this. And I, I, I know exactly what she and he should do. I know exactly what my family should do. I know what my friends should do. And I do care, right, coming into these programs. I I care so much. Hello, codependent anonymous Sarah, right? Because what is it just boils down to the basics. Life on life terms, not in my life. (laughs) So let's help everyone else live life on their terms. And it's very interesting because, you know, originally when people are like, oh, well, how's it going on the Sarah show? And I, I, I feel bad because I really care about a lot of these people. And that's why the book puts it so beautifully. It, it says that. So it's not coming from necessarily a negative place. But it, is it a controlling place? Yes. And then when people don't do exactly what I want to do, even if I give them 100 things to do, and they do 99 and a half. You know, I'll harp on that last half of things that they didn't do. 
And then, of course, life's miserable up in the hood, right? But that's why there's step three. Of course, it's great to have a higher power, but only in a foxhole, like only as needed, like only, oh my gosh, something terrible is happening. Guess what? Me and my higher power are one. Like we've got it going on. But that's why step one is great. Step two is great, but this is the epitome of the program. Came to believe that a higher power can store Sarah R. from Brooklyn to sanity because otherwise, <laughs> you know, there's, there's no hope. And I have to live in step three every single day. So thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sarah R. Larry Kay, it's your turn, followed by Teresa P. Good morning, Larry. Press star one to unmute, Larry. Oh, there we are. Sorry about that, Len. <laughs> Thanks, Len, for your service. Larry Kay, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. It says, just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? You know, step three is going to be an affirmative declaration. In other words, it's going to be something that I say out loud. The specific words are less important than the sentiment of where it leads me. It is designed to be done very quickly. Notice they don't talk about alcohol at this point. They don't talk about food at this point. We presume that's down already, right? If I'm, you know, if I'm still struggling with that, I'm not, I'm not on step three. I'm still on step one. The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. So we are, what we're doing is we're making an affirmative declaration to get on with the rest of the work. This, this step should take about 30 seconds. Now, if you want to take a year, you want to contemplate and debate and analyze all the ins and outs. You know, we have Jews among us, we have Christians, we have Muslims, we have Buddhists, we have atheists, we have agnostics, and somehow this step works for all of them. All we're saying is that in step two, we said we're going to be open to a power greater than ourselves. Now in step three, how are we going to turn our will and our life over to the care of whatever this higher power means to you? It's just not you is we are going to get on with the rest of the work. This is the most, this entire chapter for me is the most beautiful, divine, sacred literature ever written. It was written very quickly. Bill's pen just seemed to move itself. And all he was suggesting here is that we have to move from a self-centered consciousness to a God-centered consciousness, a higher power-centered conscious, consciousness. And the way we're going to do that is we are going to navigate very quickly through these steps and we're going to do it for a lifetime. So, you know, I was talking to someone this morning and people want to talk about the food and am I abstinent? Am I not abstinent? You know what? I don't want to see your food. I don't need to talk about your food at this point. At this point, you know, you're going to put down your heroin. When you put down your heroin, you get busy. This decision is only a decision if it's followed by action always followed by action, 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 action. So here, um, I, I, I love this step because it reminds me each morning, every day that I take it, when I say this step, 
that I'm moving on. I'm moving forward. I'm taking a look. I'm launching out, and I'm moving forward. That's what this is. That's the deal. With that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Larry K. Teresa P., it's your turn, followed by Reggie O. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. I'm Teresa P., a recovered compulsive overeater in California. And it's, again, one of those really uh, great uh, passages. And uh, I love it, you know. I read the big book or parts of it for years. And uh, never really saw myself in that, the, the actor part. And like, oh, my gosh, I do now. I go, there I am. I mean, it's me marching across the pages and sometimes stomping. And, you know, and, and I laugh at it now. I just, I could not see it. And I tried so hard to be so helpful all the people I loved and everyone else, let me tell you, let's just not take a couple of people, you know, let's go for the world. You know, do I need to take a ship to Calcutta right now? And it's just insane. And and all the time hurting people and not realizing it. And so, and today, but you know, I just don't see how I'm taking control. And I don't see how it's going to fall about me when I'm taking control because I want to feel comfortable. And what I get to do is just stop and be present and remember that it's their lives and not mine. And and just, and let go. I can't do that. Alone. I can't do that. You know, just I need God to do that because it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's downright painful. And I'm like, look at what they're doing. They're hurting themselves. But what I don't see is what I'm doing, and I'm trying to control them is I'm hurting them. And what and I said, I did some more yesterday with my husband. He's over here doing things in his den, and you know, and I have ideas, and I have thoughts, and and I have feelings, and uh, he's not doing it right, and and I open my mouth, and you know, it's not my area it's his and I actually had my daughter point that out the day before you know it's his room that uh, oh right 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 you know and you know so I need those nudges from God all the time it's not your job Teresa and you know relax go do go do some Teresa work well but gee that's hard and uncomfortable I'm over there trying to you know I want to be helping somebody else I know what they need to do but I know I'm not taking care of my business because I'm watching them and, you know, just uh, to let go. And so I, I did have to walk away and just stay out of it. And, and distance is good. And But it's, it's a blessing. And just one more time, it's always about looking at myself, you know, keeping my mouth shut and, you know, letting people do whatever it is they need to do. Of course, unless they're hurting me, you know, I can speak up for me and I can walk away. And I can always take care of myself. But I gotta say my hula hoop, you know, what's time please. And thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Teresa P. <laughs> Reggie O, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Reggie. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning and everyone that's on the line. And my name is Reggie O calling in from Bernie, Texas, and I'm uh very grateful, recovering compulsive overeater this day. Um, 
coming back from a relapse and very gratefully abstinent and working the steps maybe like I've never worked them before. Uh, being convinced we were at step three, you know, I, I here I make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Um, after I realized that, you know, uh, <laughs> I've, I haven't done a very good job when Reggie's trying to run the show. And it says, uh, I have to be convinced that my life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Self-will, I'm always bumping into someone. I can't stay on course, right? I'm like an actor trying to run the whole show. And I love that. I love that line. Uh, because a little bit later on at the end of this writing, it says, you know, we, we had to be convinced that God is our director. And um, an actor in a show has one single role, and that role, and, and the, their job is to play that role the best that they can so that the show can be a success, the entire show can be a success. All the other actors can be successful. The director that is, you know, as we're talking here, God, uh, God is running the show, so I, you know I really don't have a whole lot to worry about except just to do my job. And when I think about all of that, when I think about uh, trying to be the director today, it absolutely makes me want to crawl under the covers. Uh, but I still have that tendency. So um, make I I've, I'm making a decision here to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, and a decision is uh, the evidence of a decision is the action that I take. And um, and I have to look at that, you know. I, I have to remain abstinent. That's, that's core. Um, I've learned, you know, and we agnostics, that this great power, this God within me is deep down within me. Uh, this My director, you know, God, the God of my understanding, is always right here, you know. I always have a place to go, God, show me, you know, and... And now it's time to, I've made a decision, and now I keep working these steps so I can continue clearing out this channel that gets very clogged up when I've tried to do something other than play my role in life and play it fully and well. And uh, I just, you know, I've, um, I'm, I'm uh, gr- glad to be here. I've, I've just moved from California about two months ago, and I'm here in, in uh, Bernie, Texas, so I'm going to the coming to this meeting every morning rather than the later one. And uh, just really, I don't know, it's just I think the book is, I'm, I'm reading it differently. More of it is coming alive. I'm grateful to, uh, I'm grateful for the humility that, you know, this relapse has given me. Uh, and the other thing it's given me is, uh, you know, like uh, a fear, you know. It's not that I want to live my life based on fear, but I can't. I, I, I can't continue, you know, trying to run the show and, uh, and you know, the one ways I will share that I tried to do that before was that I haven't shared Sorry, for very long. And I'll just finish by because I uh, wasn't able to say that I was recovered and uh, but I am recovering today and I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Reggie O. Melissa C. followed by Katie G. Hi, Melissa. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Um, starting my time. I'm Melissa Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. Um, yeah, I love this. This part of the chapter, you know, it's written to, to demonstrate that I make things harder in my life, you know, for myself and for others, because I really want things to be my way. And, you know, my intentions are good. You know, I, I really think, like, 
you know, like I'd be like, I'm a really good person. You know, I want I want good. I want my kids to be successful. I want my career to be successful. I want my mom to be healthy. I want my husband to do well in his job. I want him to be in good health, right? Most of the things I want are good and worthy. You know, that's not the issue here. Really, the issue is that my problem is that I believe that my perspective is a fact, right? It's a fact rather than just a perspective. And my other problem is that I exert my will. And I'm going to speak about this in the present tense. I would love to say that I was done doing this. I'm not, right? Um, That's why, like, we say the third step prayer. I say it every day. Because I exert my will because I want good things to come to fruition. And when I do that, I act in ways that create chaos and conflict, you know. And I, like, why? Why is it creating conflict? Because I'm not the only person who has a perspective in this show that believes it's a fact, right? My kids' perspective, they think it's a fact. My husband's perspective, he's walking around thinking it's fact. And most people have different opinions. All of us really believe that we're right. And what I find is that um, they're not setting out to mess with me, just like I'm not really setting out to mess with them. We just all want our way. And I just think it's such a good visual. Like, I can really envision myself. Like, when I'm getting crazy, I'm on this stage, and instead of, like, reading my own damn lines, I keep running behind the curtain, messing with the lights, right? Or I keep telling everyone else on stage where to stand and how to say their lines. And, you know, and, like, by the way, when I'm doing this, I'm burning up all this energy, so I don't even play my own part very well. You know, like, I... My own life is like a mess, and I, and I only had, you know, the evidence of where this disease took me to prove that. Everyone gets pissed off. You know, it, it happens often, and and even if my idea is great, well, now they definitely don't want to do it my way at all because I'm annoying, right? I piss them all up. And and so then what do I do? I get nicer. Like, I get, manip, you know, manipulative, or I get pouty and quiet, and... I just want to end with this. Like, I only need to remind myself that I know so little about successful living that I have to weigh blueberries, right? What do I know about the way anyone else should live? 52 years old, I have to write down what I eat each day and tell another adult. Um, Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Katie G., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hey, Lynn, thanks for your service. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. Yeah, you know, the first requirement, and so this is a necessary condition, and a lot of people um, talk to me about uh, getting really high on step three and how exciting it is. I, I don't know. I think that this is pretty devastating. Like, what it's showing is what it's like for me to live life. Like, I'm living life in collision with something or somebody. I live by self-propulsion. Like, I push my way. Like, you know, I have self-centered fear, and that's so much different than regular fear. And this is so This is the reason I would starve myself and binge and purge because I have this thinking that even if you have a death in your family, if you're not telling me in a way that I need you to, I can't be okay. But fast forward, folks, when we when we have a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, this book tells me I can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. Think about that. 
Think about that. So like whatever is going on on the stage of your life right now, I can be fine. It's my head. It's my head that tells me I think I know what's best. And here I am, you know, I too, like I, I cannot say that I don't read this in the present tense quite a bit to ask myself, like, oh, am I, why am I disturbed right now? Probably because I think I need to manage and control my husband to tell him it's time to eat his meal so that I can keep the, ki- the kids going so that I can da-da-da-da-da-da. So I'm playing God. Like, if you want to know how you're playing God, look. if you can put your the word I in all of this, you're playing God, right? And on a lot of, for a while, I called it people-pleasing. I have to tell you, people-pleasing is a lie because all I'm doing is I'm saying, I know you. I need something from you. Here's what I think you need from me so you don't leave. That's not people-pleasing. Who's pleased? Nobody. So these are the reasons because I can't, look at life and this is me separated from God, right? That's all this is, is this is me being in a fearful place, separated from God and saying, I need X, Y, and Z to happen in order to be okay. And the best part about this part of step three is for me, it induced a crisis and it still does when I'm doing this correctly. It induces a crisis in which I see, oh my gosh, if I don't have God, I'm in big trouble. And how do I get to God? I need to uncover, discover, and discard. I need to go to step four. I need to take immediate constructive action because I frankly don't know what my will in my life is. And the best thing I know today as a recovered woman is that I don't know. And that all the things that I think those old ideas could be exactly what God wants for me. Um, And I, I pray that I set that all aside today for a new experience with him. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. For those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we're continuing our study of the big book and the chapter, How It Works, on page 60, the third paragraph, being convinced we were at step three, reading through two paragraphs, ending with to have varied traits. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, We ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Kathy C. Pat B. Lindy B. UK. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I heard somebody B, Pat B, and somebody from the UK. So who was from the UK, please? That's me, Liz E for Elegant. Okay, and was there somebody with the last initial C? Yes, Kathy C from Montreal. Okay, so we have Kathy C, Pat B and Liz E. Who else would like to share? Susan B. Was there a Susan in there? Yes. Susan C. Susan C. And Devorah. And Cindy. Cindy. Great. Okay. There we go. Our lineup is Kathy C. And somebody's birds. Okay. There we go. Kathy C. Pat B. Liz E, 
Susan C., Deborah S., and Cindy. Kathy, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Yeah, um, I remember when I was taken through the steps, um, you know, it asked me to ask myself, now that I'm convinced, right? Step one, I am powerless. I can't manage my life. Step two, no human power. None of my ideas have been working, you know, uh, with with this compulsion, with these ideas. Um, and so it asked me, you know, um, step two, the solution is a power, right? Come to see that a power greater than you can restore you back to sanity. I'm like, I want to just return back to being a size zero. <laughs> and then I realized over and over again that that's not really my problem. My problem is really my thinking, like the illusion that I could be okay with myself, with my ideas, how I do stuff, right? Being separated from a higher power, from a God that, that is down deep inside me. Like, I need this resource. I need this power. I don't have the power. And it played in my life and eventually into the food for for control. Somehow it always led me wanting to take charge. And I thought, if I can get the food right, if I can be, you know, in a different body, I'll like myself. I like what's in my head. So I, I came to say that I need a higher power. I can't do without. And so here, step three, we are to turn our will in our lives. And I was told my will is my thinking and my life, my life is the actions that I take daily. So I really have to you know, turn to God with all my thoughts, all my ideas. Um, like it says, direct my thinking, God, right? This is the only solution for me. This is why I need the help is to turn my will in my life, meaning, okay, God, what am I, you know, um, to do today? This is what I have planned. This is what's on the agenda. This, is, is, is this in accordance to your will? Is it selfish? Will this be helpful? Who can I help? What can I do? Where am I to be today? How am I to be with this today? Um, because by myself, with myself, oh, man, it's just not working. It just doesn't feel sane, serene. Just like the step third prayer, uh, step third prayer, sorry, the, um, the serenity prayer. Um, I need to be, you know, serene, and I need to know God's wisdom. I need his knowledge to know what I can do and what I can't do. There is the, the, there is the relief. There is the solution. Um, and then I am turned. When I turn to God, then I see that I am turned. I live life on a different basis now. And that's where the freedom lies. So that is my truth, not how I used to eat. That wasn't insane. What's insane is that I think I could, I could live by self-propulsion, by myself, with my old ideas. It doesn't work. But you know what worked? When I started to pray, when I started to turn to God. Uh, that's all I have. I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy C. Pat B, followed by Liz E. Good morning, Pat. Press star one to unmute. Hi, thank you, Lynn. It's Pat B from Ottawa, Canada. And this this whole idea of this actor running the show, it. I mean, I've been reading the big book for years, and it wasn't until a few, oh, maybe a couple of years ago, that I, it clicked that I was not hired to be the director. I was hired to be the actor. And, and 
who is the and in this drama of life, it's I've been letting um, my ego be my director and run the show. And so what's so interesting? So as I was doing the, my fourth step, um, I realized that the only reason that I'm resentful at these people or situations is that they're not following my script. I hand them the script um, you know, in my mind, and they say, no, I'm not following your script. You follow my script. And it's just so <clears throat> I think that everybody in the whole world, basically, is trying to get other people to read their scripts and follow their scripts. It's just so funny. How, why would we think that would ever happen? And so when we let God give us the script, then we are, then our whole life changes. You know, these words that, uh, that it talks about here being considerate, kind, patient, generous, modest, and self-sacrificing, there's nothing wrong with being those. In fact, in, as, as we go further on, um, at one point it says, what would God have us be? And these are basically what God would have us be, kind, considerate, patient, generous even modest and self-sacrificing, but certainly not because we want to be in control. It's because that's how God wants us to be for ourselves so, so that we can allow God to be our director, to be our employer, to be the, per, the, the reason to come from love, not from fear. And so this this paragraph just keeps coming up again and again and again, as um, as I live my life, as I you know I work with my sponsees, and it just makes everything so clear. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Pat. Next we have Liz E. followed by Susan C. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. My name is Liz E. Elegant from the United Kingdom. Thank you, everybody uh, who's doing service, and especially you, Lynn, today. Um, I'm just so grateful to be here. And for anybody who's new on the line or shy, I really encourage you to speak up. And I don't know what I'm going to say. I've just asked God and my higher power to speak through me. So what stood out for me was this word, self-propulsion, and wow, that just really describes how I did decades of my life, Uh, and I just kind of regularly would kind of just repeat what I was saying and try and and repeat it slightly differently or repeat it more assertively to get my will and my way, and I thought I was working on good motives. But wow, you know, I'm a nurse by background, and so, you know, generally I'm a pretty considerate, kind person. But wow, um, I am definitely egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. And now I have the gift of recovery. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And with that gift, I am seeing how... My ego, my selfishness, my dishonesty are my character defects and they block my access to God. And it's only recently the pennies dropped 
because I'm a bit of a slow learner. I have to do rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat many, many, many times. And I now can see that my behaviors block me from accessing God. And those are my character defects. And I'm just so grateful to be able to hear today the amazing recovery on this line. And it is by hearing really solid, straightforward recovery on this line that I am getting the recovery. And I was, I, I am that actor. Um, and I still do that. And I still, uh, but I have various tools and techniques to help me every day. I'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Liz E. Susan C., it's your turn, followed by Devorah S. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. This is Susan C., a compulsive eater. And um, <clears throat> I think about my dog. Um, you know, when I had children, I, you know, I managed the household, right? And um, you think, you know, that's the way it's going to be. And I do like to manage things, but that's why people get paid a lot of money to be like managers or producers or that kind of thing. But it's also very humbling, very, very humbling, because this is like, complete surrender of thoughts, actions that I thought were, you know, that I was doing good, that I was doing good. And um, or times didn't know. And um, so this just leads me to uh, really surrendering, being humble, and um, I, I try to start my day with um, the prayer of, uh, you know, before I plan my day or go out into the day, I say, okay, higher power, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I have to also say, well, what do you want me to, you know, what are your, th- what are your thoughts on this? And then ask to be removed from uh, self-pity, self-seeking, and dishonest motives. And that kind of sums up everything, uh, how to work like that. And uh, so it's learning a new way and uh, just being able to slow down and look at things and um, being more open to my higher power. I'm more open and tolerant of other people. And that's why uh, in the 12 steps I love, you know, like group conscience, we might not always, or I'll say I might not always like the uh, resolution, but it, you know, it's done in a way where it's, you know, everybody puts their thoughts out and then we kind of allow higher power to come in to that. So um, it's a new way of life. So I'm very grateful for these meetings and everybody on there. Thank you. 
Thank you, Susan C. We have two people left, so if we could each take two minutes, everybody will fit in. So, Devorah S., please go ahead. Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you all who makes this meeting possible. And honestly, you know, when I came to this program, my only thing was to come in. I needed 150 pounds weight to lose, and I, you know, this was the last thing on my mind that I was, um, you know, that these, this was a problem of mine, trying to run the show. I thought that was virtuous. I thought that's a good thing that I'm trying to get things done and, you know, you know, full of action and, you know, who cares if I was like a bulldozer, you know, you know, steaming over everybody. It didn't matter. I was getting that job done. It was going. It was, you know, look at me. And, um, you know, it's only being in program and being recovered and working the steps I see how, yeah, this is me. You know, in my mind, it's, 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 yeah, that, that's what I, that's, that's my ego. Um, trying to take over, thinking that I know what's best for everybody, thinking that if you only do what I did, you know, your life would be so much better. And I feel, yeah, this is, this, and you know, this is, this is not how I try to live today. You know, it's a day by day process. And each day I got to wake up and surrender myself over to the care of God and to remember and, and know that I'm not that God and um, to accept people for who they are today. And I live on them and I try, you know, try to live on the basis of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love towards others. And the biggest thing that I can do each day is to keep my mouth shut. And if someone is, if, 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 if whatever, it's the accepting to people and loving that's it. And, and to say thank you, you know, no matter. You know, I asked my daughter yesterday, you know, could you take care of this and this, you know, and, and she did to the best of her ability. And I came home and I hugged her and I said, thank you so much. I appreciate for what you did, you know. And, and that's, that's, that's what I do today, not be ch- looking for the good, looking for the good and, um, and being appreciative and, and grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah S. And Cindy B., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Cindy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Cindy from the Boston area, and I really enjoy listening to everyone on this step. Um, So I love that in this paragraph, it really gives uh, it gives so much. It talks about that um, that God is the director, the principal, and that I am the agent, and it gives me the right role. Um, when I was uh, eating uh, compulsively, bulimically, um, I was really um, the whole show was just run on my my disease, my compulsion, to turn it around so that the God is the principal and not my disease. Mine um, has been a you know a huge relief in my life. Um, and that that this and it says that it's that um, the keystone, this this simple idea of having God be the principal and me being the agent, is the keystone in which the new um, triumphant art can be uh, built and that I can actually be passed into freedom 
and that is really what I've experienced because, you know, compulsively every single day, nonstop, uh, you know, thinking about food, trying to get food, that, it, that was such a, a horrible way to live. And that was really my God, really. I look at it, that was what was running the show. That was what was running the show. Um, not a higher power. I was looking for higher power there. I was looking for a power that would make things better for me. And it never did. It always fell short. But I would keep going because that's where the compulsion went. Time. So thank you. I'll end with that. Thanks. Thank you, Cindy D. So thank you to everyone shared. And thank you to Marvelous Team Monday for their service in the month of May. Maura Z. Dara L, Marge O, Leon B, Carmela G, Patty T, and Nancy P. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, May the 31st, 7 a.m., is 17046. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Leon B., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Leon B., gratefully recovered in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.